0: All right, well, welcome to the Type 1 panel. I am so thrilled to be with each of you. Uh, We are doing this season on Driven to Drawn, and I'm looking forward to hearing from each of you how that works out in your life. Uh, But before we do that, I'd love to get to know you a little bit more. Why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling us where you are from?
1: My name is Carrie, and I'm from Santa Cruz, California.
2: My name is Steve, and I am from Fort Collins, Colorado.
3: My name is Amber, and I'm from New York, New York. My name is Lynn, and I'm from
4: Illinois.
0: All right. Well, welcome to each of you. Uh, We are really working at figuring out what does this all mean. So this this is an experiment. None of us have the solid answer on what it looks like for you or for me, for any of us to be driven. We're starting to poke at it, understand a little bit more. We can see the drivenness a little bit easier, I think. For most of us, then we can see in the drawnness in ourselves. Um, we're defining drivenness, and this needs to be clarified because for some people, they say, they say, well, don't you sometimes have to drive to get stuff done? And if you, it, it, the answer to that is obviously, yes, of course you do, because that drive is a, but it's, it's much more of a consciousness. It's, it's, a, it's a I'm aware of what I'm doing kind of thing, as opposed to the drivenness that functions from our type which tends to be unconscious. It kind of runs underneath things. And that's the reason why it can be a problem to us. Uh, Versus drawn is more of the aspirational piece. It draws us to something, to our our higher side, to the light that is ours to shine. Um, And so those are the way we're defining the difference between drivenness and drawn. So I'd love to hear from you, What does it look like for you to be driven? What does it feel like internally? And what are you doing behaviorally?
4: Um, For me, being driven is um, not necessarily a good thing because being a type one, I feel like I'm already really concerned about making sure that things are just right and that um, I have all have met all of my. Um, expectations or the expectations that are put on me uh, a lot of shoulds and so to be driven um, feels in my body um, like it almost can make me anxious when I have a lot of things to do and I want to do everything just exactly right so I have a you know I I can start to feel myself um, just rise within my body like you know I'm getting anxious
1: Yeah, I can, I can appreciate um, Lynn's for me. um, When I feel like I'm in that driven mode, I feel a tension in me, which, you know, unfortunately I probably carry that so much that sometimes I don't know when, (laughs) when I'm tense and when I'm more loose, but I feel like there's a tension and my body feels more tight and restricted. And um, for me, I always feel this need to do things when I'm in drive mode, because I have to do them. I should do them not because I want to do them, but I can't relax until I get them done. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that, I mean, I I put down examples here, like for me, getting some kind of exercise each day, making my bed, making sure everything's in order when I leave for work. So when I come home, it's in place. And then the other thing I thought, when I feel like I'm driven, I energetically feel like I'm functioning just ahead of my body. Like I'm just two Mm -hmm. steps ahead. I'm not, in my body, I'm not present, and that's when I <laughs> that's when I have most of my accidents. Is when I am so this way, as opposed to sitting in it when I feel a sense of peace and calm.
0: It's very interesting. You're uh, I like that. You're ahead of your body. That's interesting. Mm.
2: Yeah the the way that I phrased it was I feel driven to be responsible. Um, it's super hard for me to. Relax when I have an unfinished checklist when I know that there's things on that list It's so hard for me to let go and be present to anything else that's around me Like fun takes a backseat to that checklist My relationships take a backseat to that checklist And then if i'm not really really purposeful my self-care takes a backseat to that checklist and Mm -hmm. so I'm driven to finish everything. And and this mantra that goes through my mind is if I get it all done, I can finally relax. Mm. And then I wake up tomorrow and I have another checklist. (laughs) And so the question I keep asking myself and and I get resentful of my type of times is when am I finally going to be able to relax and have Mm. peace? Mm.
0: It's like pieces on It's like pieces, the carrot on the end of that stick. And it's just like, you're chasing it I, I I hear you saying, yeah, yeah,
5: we've heard that from other ones, the whole um I can rest when the work is done and the work is never done.
3: I think for me, it's um whether or not it's a to do list that I really don't want to do or it's something that I really want to get done and succeed at. if I go into my driven mode. I can get hyper-focused, I get very self-focused where I forget about other people in my life and I'm just very tunnel vision. Um, And like Lynn mentioned, the anxiety can kind of come in my body and I'm not able to function at my best because my mind is just going at an incredible speed. And in the driven mode, I don't take time for balance. I don't take time for self-care when I just let it run the show. Um, even if what I'm going after is like a great thing, if I'm in that driven mode, it just becomes so hyper focused and so tunnel vision. Um, and if I'm drawn, it's it's an entirely different experience.
0: Mm. Can you tell me a little bit more as to what is the driven trying to accomplish? What is that? driven is trying to get to. Steve, you mentioned peace is one of the sort of carrots on that end of that stick. Um, maybe elucidate a little bit more on that. What does that, what does that look like? And, and what else are you trying to do um, through the drivenness?
2: So I think I feel like the healthiest version of myself when I'm secure and I go to seven because uh, my wife calls it vacation, Steve. Um, I I like, I like vacation, Steve, because when we go on vacation, there's nothing for me to fix. There's nothing for me to have to do. I'm not responsible for anything. If I'm in a hotel and something's broken, I don't care. It's not my house. You know, I can look at it and it doesn't bother me. And so for me to be in a place of where I can feel free, where I feel like there's no weight of responsibility on me is when that's where I want to be. That's who I want to be. And so, but I don't feel like I deserve to go there until my responsibilities are taken care of. It's this weight that's on me that makes me feel like I'm cheating the system or I mm-hmm. don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, like someone's going to say, you're, you're not doing good. You're being bad. What's wrong with you? Be responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like once that's done, I can be free and you know, the catch 22 is it it is never done.
4: Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: For me, it's trying to get to that level of, um, and I, as much as it kills me to use this word, get this perfect result, like, okay, that's right. That's good. That's what I was looking for. Um, and that's that sense of, um, To me, it's and functioning from my lower place. It's functioning on a lower level. It's coming from an ego-based place and not a higher place of serenity and balance and just peace. It's when I'm just feeding the fire of the Mm. lie. Um, That's when I feel that drive. And I've been working hard for about four and a half years now studying the enneagram. So fortunately, I'm I'm able to sometimes. When I have a clear thought, I'm able to look at what I'm doing and go, Oh, that Carrie, you are ridiculous. Stop that right now. Just walk (laughs) away, walk away. You know, you don't have to do that. And so fortunately I'm finding little rays of rainbows in that. Nice.
3: I think when I think of driven, it's like driven to succeed, driven to outrun failure, driven to be enough, driven to be perfect. Um, And I definitely I mean, this comes out in all of my life, whether it's my personal life, relationships, family or my career. And I think for my career, it's where it just really takes precedence because I'm an actress in New York City and hustling and grinding and getting the results and beating out the hundreds of other people that look just like you is kind of what our career is like forced to to live inside. That's the context. And um, So I think for me, when I'm from that place of drivenness, it's like driven to be enough, which very much coincides with being a one, which I never feel like I'm good enough. And like Steve said, I feel like I don't deserve to rest and be free and just like aspire to something beautiful. Like I feel like I need to work in order to get that reward. And the catch 22 is that I will never feel in my like natural state that I have earned it. And so that's where I have to Mm. really like rewire my brain.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
3: I think the emotional part
4: that's the hardest for me from a perspective of being a sexual social one is that it's not so much about the things that I have to do and the checklists. It's a feeling of, um, I once heard it described as, feeling as if you have all across the front of your body is um, outlets and you have all these people that you want to plug in with and to keep connected with, um, for me, with girlfriends and with um, my children and my grandchildren and um, um, people from my church or other social active groups. And I just feel like I always have to make sure that all the plugs are connected to the people and for me, that's emotionally draining that I feel like it's my responsibility to reach out to all these people in my life. And um, so for my, it's less a checklist and more just a feeling of, oh my gosh, I've got to connect with so-and-so, or I haven't seen my grandchildren in a week and, oh my gosh, I need to see them, and, you know, and it's a need, need to, should to from the social aspect yeah. of my type mm-hmm. one.
0: Yeah. You hear that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's like the duty piece of it. It just shows up in a different realm depending upon your, your dominant instincts. So that, that makes a lot of sense, but it still puts you on the gerbil wheel. It's still like you're the gerbil gonna, you know, you've it's, it's, when is it enough? When is that? When do you finally reach that uh, point of being able to get off?
1: I can totally from a self press site, I can completely relate to what's Lynn saying. Cause I put that down as part of it. I feel like it's worse for me in the area of self president Like, oh my gosh, I, I'm running out of vitamin C. I better get my supplements, make sure they're stocked. Did I take my vitamins today? Did I get some kind of movement? Where's my, you know, did I sit down? It's just, did I take enough money out of my check to put in my, it's ridiculous. It's so grinding. If I walked away and didn't take my vitamins one day, I would be perfectly fine. But it's so ingrained in that self-presence instinct in me.
3: Well, I think that's the main thing for me is when I'm driven, it's when the inner critic is hyped up. If I live in that drivenness, the inner critic gets to just run free and talk, 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 talk. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like this choice to be like, no, I'm not going to let the inner critic keep speaking to me right now. I need to, to put the mute button on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think. I think driven, like the, like the word picture that I got is kind of like a horse with blinders on. You can only see what's right in front of you, what you have to accomplish. And then when those blinders are taken off, you see a whole world around you that you didn't even know existed, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's kind of like permission granted. Can I, can I really get out of this lane? Can I really, you know, (laughs) merge into the next one? What's going on over there? You know, like it's, it's permission granted, but I feel like the drivenness, the blinders are just on
1: all the time. Mm. Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, it's that tunnel vision, right? It's the uh, proverbial tunnel vision. It's the speed at which you move that then the vision on the periphery starts to narrow and, uh, you know, you just keep going and going. Um,
1: I kind of have a little saying that I have to say to myself, Carrie, people and relationships are more important than stuff and getting things done. All of that can fall away. Interaction is more important always. Mm.
0: Yeah. And and I'm sure it looks different for Lynn, uh, because for you it is people oriented. And so maybe for you you have to step off yeah. in a different direction, I would imagine.
1: Mm.
4: Yes, but it's I still make a list every week at work and at home. So there's still a lot of list making. And of course the list includes who I need to see or call or reach out to. Um, yeah. Part of that's what I do for my job, but part of it's also just who I am. So
0: yeah.
2: I think for me, when I'm in in driven task mode, um relationships probably take the biggest hit for me. I don't do well with being interrupted when I'm trying to get something done. It's very hard for me to pivot and then give attention to that relationship and to those people because. I see it in that moment as a roadblock to checking something off my list. I'm like super focused on what I'm doing. And it's really hard for me to step away from that and then give attention to that person, whoever they are. And I catch myself doing it sometimes. And I feel bad to it with my kids sometimes, my wife, friends, coworkers. you know, it's, it's a point of growth for me, but it's an observation. And I didn't really know I did it until I really started studying the Enneagram and I saw it come out and I'm like, oh, I'm doing that thing again you know, and awareness was there. Uh, but that is a huge point of growth
5: when, when I'm driven. But that's exactly the kind of growth that we talk about for the one, like you're, you're modeling that. And I just, I'm so excited for other ones to hear that. Like, oh, I can do that. Um, because it is that, yeah, you're going to struggle with it, but you're, you're in that work. You are, um, you're setting example, even that moment of just being like, It's not all about the task, because for all of you, the task, either in specific word or in like word, that was the thing that came kept coming up when we've used this word driven. It was like task, task, task. The task can take different forms, but that seems to be such an emphasis of what you are. You all are the language you're using is focused on.
1: Yeah. I would love to ask a question of my other one mates here. But when I think about being responsible and getting things done and you kind of get a reputation of being and it's a total ego stroke when people go, oh, man, if Carrie says she's going to do it, she will get it done and it'll be on time and it'll be great. And so you have this build up in your head of this is who I am. And I can't let somebody down because I got to be known as that person. You know, do you all experience that?
4: Sure do. <laughs> it it becomes your identity in a way and that you get noticed because you're the responsible person and can accomplish a lot and have a lot. For me, I have a lot of energy and they call me the energizer bunny at work. And so you, it becomes part of your identity and it's like, I don't want that. Thank yes. you anymore.
1: No,
3: I think I kind of rail against, um, the generalization of ones to be perfectionist because while I want to be perfect, so yes, maybe I'm a perfectionist. That word creates so much pressure for me that I don't want others to think of me as a perfectionist because I know they're going to point out where I'm not being perfect. And like, I already have enough things that I think need to be perfect. I don't need my, my family or my friends or my coworkers to also be like, but I thought you're a perfectionist. Why is your apartment not sparkling or why didn't you do such and such? And so for me, it's like, I definitely am known as, oh, the girl who will get the things done. The girl who shows up at the audition line at 4.30 AM, like she shows up, she does it, but it comes with so much pressure. And I think one of the biggest gifts I've been given by people who are close to me is that they recognize that. And they're like, daily reminding me to like give myself grace, to take a break. They're, they're always trying to serve me in some way. And it's so hard for me to accept, but it's what I need. Yeah.
2: That's great. Yeah. I relate to that. It's super hard for me to accept help. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's told pride thing and it's a trust thing. Like I don't think a lot of times other people can do as good of a job as I can. And so for me to, release control to them and to trust them because at the end of it okay let's say they don't do as good of a job then i'm in a place of where i feel criticism towards them and i don't want to feel criticism towards other people especially if it's a close intimate in my life right i don't want to be critical of that person and so sometimes it's like this end around it's this bypass to say no please don't help me Because, you know, as my wife gets to know me, she's like, it's because you don't trust me. Well, yeah, I kind of don't. You know, it's like it's really hard for me to release that control. And in reality, she would do just fine, you know. But for me, sometimes I feel like I'm a captive to my own responsibilities.
4: Mm. Well, that's
3: good. Wow. And that I don't want to let go of it. Like, it's both a hard thing to be like, oh, I'm a captive of it. But it's also like addicting to be like, Mm. no, but I got that that done. And that felt really good. So it's like this cycle of, oh, I'm burnt out, but, oh, I get the high because I achieved that. And then it just keeps going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's, it's remarkable that, you know, your whole environment can actually be a result of your, in part a result of your, your personality and what you create, you know, so you create an environment that relies on you and oftentimes even pulls back and abdicates a little responsibility because, Hey, the one is going to do it and the one's going to get it done better than I will. And so off you go. And, um, and so, yeah, you get celebrated for your work, but it's also the, can also be a, become a a prison of its own kind. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the drawn and what that looks like so both the feeling the internal feeling you have when you're in your drawn space and also what are you what are you doing what are the activities what are, what are you engaged in when you're being drawn
4: well for me to be drawn is um it's kind of the difference between what brings you happiness and what brings me joy um, and so while I can be driven to get this thing done and and accomplished, what really draws me is um, just being with people and sitting and listening to their story. Um, I'm a chaplain. And so that makes it um, it kind of a good thing. But I, I know I'm drawn to something when I come away, and I'm either in wonder or awe or amazement when I have that deep inner joy that just you don't get from completing a list. Anyway, I, I don't personally get that it's just a whole different feeling than, than checking things off the list.
0: Mm. I like that distinction. That's really a, a very interesting one. I want to think about a little bit more, a distinction between what gives you the quick, you know, for you, you're describing it as happy, that quick, like I got it because I checked off something off the list or, You know, someone said it was really well done and and that kind of, you know, and then the the joy that comes from someplace else. And it's a different experience and you're doing something different, um, but it seems deeper for you. So I I really (laughs) love that.
1: For me, when I'm doing, um, there's times that I do my morning rhythms and I am in a place of being driven. Cause I have these things I feel like I have to do every morning before I can exit and feel like I've started on a good foot. But in actuality, that's not even the best foot to start on cause I've got to get everything done. And as opposed to those mornings when I am in the spirit and I am calm and balanced and I can breathe into my belly and it's not shallow breathing. And when I'm riding my bike, not cause I feel like I have to go get some exercise because, but when I want to be in, I live in the redwoods and it's beautiful and I can see the mountains and the breeze is blowing and it's just so serene. And there's deer or kind of, you know, it's just a whole different vibe. It's a spiritual experience as opposed to this physical accomplishment that I have to get done. Mm. So then there's those moments when I'm doing things out of just a sense of peace and awe mm. when I can sit in silence to music and just breathe as opposed to spinning out. So for me, there's a big difference in my morning rhythms when I am drawn and when I am driven. Also, then when I can observe myself, when I feel drawn, I can look at myself with love and without judgment and criticism and just carry, you know what? You're beautiful. And I mean that internally, just the way you are. Mm-hmm. You don't have to change a thing. Just get off the hamster wheel, man. Just you are at peace. You are God's creation. Just love yourself right here and now. You know, so that I have these these beautiful moments and then, you know, and the pendulum swings the other way.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think my actions when I am driven and when I am John can look almost the same. Um, I can be hardworking. I can be focused. I can, you know, be doing a lot of the same things. Um, It's more the internal part that is different. And so um, being driven, it's, yeah, it's that I need to succeed. Whereas drawn, it's like, I, I want to succeed, but I also just want to do this thing. And I just want to try because I love it. And I'm hopeful about it. And I'm energized by it. One of the best ways I can kind of get an example of it is, you know, I had these two auditions within the same week. And one of which I showed up there And they handed me a call back and I was there all day. And, you know, I was in the moment, I was like, okay, I want to succeed. I want to book this. I want to impress them. I want to do my best. And so my actions, I was focused. I worked hard. I did the whole thing. And then, but it was never something that I had dreamed of. It was not the kind of you know, uh, performing arts that like really draws my heart on the daily. It's not the thing that I've been thinking of since I was in middle school, but I still wanted to do well. So my actions looked a certain way. And then there was the other audition, which is something that I have been longing to do since I was 11. And it's the kind of music I listen to for fun. And it's, it's the thing that I was just excited to go. And I didn't even know if I would like get a call back or if they'd even like speak to me besides a thank you. And when I went to that audition, I just felt I, I looked the same outwardly, I'm sure. I did the work, I did the stretching, I did the vocal stuff, all of that. But inwardly, I was just like over the moon, so excited, so energized. And the first edition, I left and I was exhausted, absolutely exhausted. And the second one, uh, it carried me for like two weeks. I was like so over the moon. I was like, I can't believe I just got to do that. I got to just bring out this beauty and share this light and it was so organic. Um, and so that was drawn, even though the actions probably looked the same to any bystander.
2: Yeah, for me, drawn feels like permission granted. That's what it feels like. You have permission. I like that. It, it starts for me with awareness uh, of where I'm at in that moment. Um, we just recently moved uh, to a new house and, and we would lived in our old house for 15 years and for a one to move... From one place to another, I I feel like you can make peace with the chaos and things you don't like when you've been in a certain place for a long enough time. But then when you move to somewhere new... Uh, you see all of the things fresh for the first time that you feel like you need to fix. And so we also moved to a house that has a lot of foliage and we moved in the fall. So all the leaves had fallen and our entire yard was just covered in just piles and piles of leaves. And I started a project on a Saturday morning and it probably picked up like 25 bags of leaves. And I saw probably another 25 bags I needed to pick up. And in that moment, a thought inside of me. I was like, you really should go ride your bike. You, you should go cycling because that's my hobby. It's my passion. It's what I love doing. And there was this internal battle going on inside of me. If you need to fish, pick up the leaves, you need to go ride your bike. And I stopped <laughs> and I put all my leaf stuff away and I went and got on my bike and I rode for two hours and I felt amazing. Hmm. And that's not something I probably would have done five years ago. I would have picked up leaves until it was dark and I couldn't move, you know? And so drawn is just that awareness of you need to take care of yourself, go do something that's going to feed your soul.
0: So good.
3: I think one more thing on that um, question was, I think on the first podcast that you guys released on this driven to drawn concept, you uh, would have used the phrase that being driven is, um, you know, answering to orders, and being drawn is accepting an invitation. And I think that that was something that I was like, yes, that is exactly what it is. Like when I'm invited to something, it's like, oh, yes, I wanna go. It's orders, it's like, oh no, stress, anxiety, I have to achieve these. So that was just like a, a use of words that really I grabbed onto.
5: <laughs> That's good. Thanks for bringing that back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I just want to applaud Amber because I just, even on the little notes that I took before, um, you know, before we met, one of the things that I said is in, um, in Feeling Drawn, it is um, an invitation, it is a response, it is winsome, it is beckoning, as opposed to in driven, it's reactive, it's more assertive, it's energetically negative, and all that. But I love the invitation. I just, when mm-hmm. I think of drawn, I think it's a hand out, like saying, you know, come to me, come, you know, in a, in a beautiful way, mm-hmm. just in, inviting. So I love that. Yeah. I would,
5: I'd love to hear from more of you on that because uh, that's something that Amber brought up when she was talking about it, uh, the auditions, like the activity can be the same, but the energy you bring to that activity can be very different. And I'd love to hear a little bit more on that.
1: That's what I was referring to and to, when I was talking about morning rhythms, sometimes morning rhythms are a checklist and sometimes they are a spiritual experience when I want them to always be a spiritual experience, you know? And so I appreciate that the same impact you have the same kind of activity but the energy and the piece that you leave with or you don't leave with is very different um so that's that's the example i'm sure i can think of other examples but also you know the same thing with the bike grade yeah well then those are two
0: different things i mean in one sense it's like what jim is saying and what you know echoing what amber you were saying about can be the same activity it's just a different energy and in some cases like with Steve, it's like, no, that activity needs to end because there's something that you need to do. Right. So there's something there. And it's also, I want to, I definitely want to hear more about what Jim just asked about, particularly the, how it is that you can have the two same, you could be doing meditation or morning rhythms, and then it can be driven or it can be drawn. Um, and, uh, and, and same thing with Amber, what you were talking about, And maybe what, what is the difference? Can you articulate the difference between those two? Um, You know, one seems very present to the moment. The other one seems somehow not present to the moment, but, but maybe present Mm -hmm. to something else, the shoulds versus the Mm -hmm. wants, right? So there's so many, there's a lot of really cool, like this versus that that's happening in this podcast already. Like, the should versus the want, you know, the, uh, the orders versus the invitation. Um, so
3: I think with the audition thing, just to clarify, it's more of a distinction of knowing what's really in my heart and, and with with who I am and my faith, it's like what I believe like God put in me and what is the desires on, like what are the desires of my heart and being introspective enough and self-aware enough to know what those are. And then I realize my body and my mind and everything, it goes along with that. So it is more at ease. There is more freedom when it's something that truly has been in my heart versus just something that looks good, looks good on a resume and will pay me well. (laughs) Like there's that distinction of, just knowing what really matters to me and what makes my heart come alive. And then I think in a different way, answering Jim's question, um, I would think of just like a normal day I have and say, I'm going to work. I go to a dance class and I have my evening routine. Some days that can be really rough and it can be a drag and it can be It can feel tedious and driven. And other days, the same routine can feel really uplifting and full of freedom and ease. And I think for me, the distinction comes with the space and the time that I take to self-care. I don't like that word. I feel like it's become just bath bombs and like massages. No, but just genuinely self-care to check in with myself, make sure I do the things in the morning that matter to me um, and set myself up for a different, just like a different perspective for the day that can, can make the day more of a, drawn scenario versus if I don't check in with myself, I don't prioritize things that give me life. It can become, oh, this is just a task. I got to get through it. And it's driven. And it's like the same routine.
2: For me, it's the interaction, like the social interaction, like an example would be a a phone call that you have with somebody. Maybe that phone call is all about business. Maybe it's someone that you haven't caught up with for a while. And and, and it feels kind of like a task to converse, to catch up versus a call with someone that you connect on a deep heart level with where you're vulnerable, where you share life. I have a dear friend in San Diego um, that we'll talk to like one in the morning. And it feels like we've been talking for, for 15 minutes. And at the end of that, I'm not exhausted. I'm energized. And that doesn't happen often for me <laughs> on phone calls. For me, it's the context of, of what's taking place and, and, and what is being impacted in my soul at that very moment. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know if this is, I mean, this is just kind of what I'm feeling like. I give the example of Saturday chore day that I wake up. Um, I live alone. So in my house is I'm one of those people who identifies as one who is very neat, very orderly. That gives me peace and, ha, ah, you know, everything's, I'm the person, unfortunately, who sees the rug and it's slightly off the line and I'll kind of straighten that. And sometimes I know it's ridiculous and I won't, right? I'll just walk by, go and stop it, Keurig. But in those things, one of the things that I've been able to grow in that I'm feeling more drawn is those need, you've got to get things done. I mean, you know, you got to wash your sheets, you've got to vacuum, you got to clean, you got to do those things. But in, in, our, in our unhealthy side, we can do that until it's dinner time. And there's always another project. Like I worked inside, now I got to go outside and I've got to sweep the leaves and do that kind of stuff. And so I've been getting to a place now where I know that because I get up really early and I've been up and going since six o'clock working, doing stuff. And it's noon now and I've been going the whole time. And I can step outside of myself and look at myself and say, that's a good day. Let's just stop now it's Saturday. Let's go play. What's fun, you know, and to put the actual draw the line, you know, to Steve's point of doing all the leaves or going for a beautiful bike ride. You you know, what is that? When you can look at that and say, I can see my, I can see this drive inside of me, but I'm going to love myself enough to go. That's a good day's work. Let's call it. It'll be there later or whatever. So that's kind of my part of my growth path for me.
2: Yeah, for me it's the acceptance of good
1: enough. Yes.
3: Amen. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs>
3: that phrase makes me cringe, but applause. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, isn't it funny like it does both to you. Both of you like it it both has the appeal and the cringe, right?
1: Okay, so I just have to tell you on that note, one day after church, I was over in Marshalls and sometimes I just like to go walk in Marshalls for some bizarre reason. And I'm having a conversation with my inner critic because I have to say this because Amber just said that I'm having a conversation with my inner critic that it's not good enough. You got to do this. And I'm just having a beat up session. And I honestly I walk down the aisle. I look up and I'm looking at this piece of artwork on the on the wall that says stop asking if you're good enough, period. You are. I walked over. I picked it up off the wall. I took it to the uh, and I bought it, and it lives in my little TV room. And I sit. I see it every single day, all day long. <laughs> that's that's
5: long. a good transformational habit. I mean, if if people are looking for hacks,
2: yeah, and to clarify. Uh, that that statement isn't something that i've achieved (laughs) it is something that i'm working on being able to do it doesn't have to be perfect it's okay for it to be good enough and how do i find peace in in that statement because for most of my life i haven't been able to and it's freeing to be able to find some peace in saying it yeah
1: you know, for us in our oneness, I think about that. If we look at our daily checklist and then you look at your life checklist of trying to get this right, our behaviors and our feelings and our instincts and all, all those things is we're never, I mean, it's going to be my life until I step to the gates of glory. This is my life trying to find that place of peace and enough and all those, all those good things. It's not just a day list. It's a life list mm. for me.
0: Well, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate that. And I appreciate what Steve said about, you know, this is not a, an arrival. Like I've arrived yeah. at the drawn State. There is no arrival at the drawn State. We're always going to be moving ever toward it. Now you develop it, you get better at it, and, and, and you can spot the drivenness a little earlier. Um, but it's a practice. And, uh, and so that's what we're, we're uh, accepting and giving ourselves grace for is this is, a, this is something we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives.
4: Well, I think, um, like, I appreciate, Carrie, that you said this is our our life. And maybe this is the one in me, um, but it doesn't have to be. And I like, you know, the difference for me between drawn and driven is I'm a very spontaneous person. And usually when I think about, should I do this or this, um, I, I usually leap before I look. And the things that I'm drawn in are things that I find myself taking more time and really pondering and journaling about and um, asking others for what their thoughts are on it. And um, generally those things I'm drawn are just um, seated way deep inside my soul and they come out in morning quiet time or in walks in the woods or this morning we had meteor showers here in illinois and so 120 shooting stars per i did a real seven thing and at 4 30 in the morning i drove out to a lake and i laid on the ground and looked up at the stars and saw five shooting stars in like five minutes it was awesome but um you know, the th- that to me, that's a drawn thing. I was drawn to do that because mm-hmm. it was like really, I don't know, maybe the nature part, but also that wasn't a driven thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I should do this.
0: And it seems like what you're saying is that the what is much more accessible to you is the should. And you have to really work at pulling, pulling back a little on that, just giving yourself time to go deeper, to discover the want.
4: I liked you had a podcast about resistance and how that when you feel yourself resisting something, you know, take a minute. And for me, when I resist things, it's generally something that I probably should take time and then, event, and then it's, it ends up being something I'm drawn to. So I like that we pay attention with the awareness, as Steve said, you know, the awareness is the... That's the start of it all, if you ask me. So the awareness of when am I resistant to and when do I just want to leap and opposed to, oh, when am I, you know, just really should ponder and meditate and think about this thing.
0: Hmm. Let me uh, wrap up with two questions. And so we'll start with the first. And the first is a little bit difficult. Um, it is uh the question is, what is the light that is yours to shine? A way of saying this or a way of looking at this is give me the best version of you, the version of you that you like, the version of you that is in that drawn state, the version of you that um that other people enjoy too. You know, this is uh this is the thing that you do that seems to be good for you and for others. It's the light that is yours. To shine. So uh, what is that? And uh, I know this is difficult. Sometimes we have glimpses of it. Sometimes we have uh, very little to say about it. Other times we'll have a little bit more. So depending upon where you're at today, um, you might have a lot or a little to say, but uh, whatever it is, I'd love to hear it. One of
1: the things that is a, um, a line that I journal about myself and my heart of where I think God created me and what I bring in. And I, I know I'm going to qualify this by saying, I'm sure I feel miserably a lot, but I hit the nail on the head a lot of the time because it is really my heart is to bring love and joy and sunshine into the lives of every person that I meet in some little way, whether that's a hug. I have a hug gift and um, I love to hug people and I love to smile at people and I like to look them in the eyes and hear what they have to say. And when just a, a person I saw this weekend at a concert we had here where I worked, she just said in this text, that's what I was looking at. It says, thank you for being you. Your light is bright. Mm. And that is those kind of lines um, for me, that kind of observation that I get. Um, and then she wrote in a prayer, she said, thank you, God for Carrie. She has a delight to the soul. You sure made her very unique and special. That kind of stuff is so life-giving for me. And sometimes you don't even know you're doing it when we're in our giftedness. We don't even know the light we're shining. Right. And um, so when I'm in that energetic, free, pure mode, when I can just just put it out there without any qualifiers on myself, that's what I think I bring to the world.
0: Awesome. Awesome. It is the hardest thing. It's so easy to say what's the darkness you sometimes contribute to the world. You'd be like, right, well, That's easy. Where would you like me to begin? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to the thing that we do naturally, that's without the that's the more difficult thing because it flows. When it flows, it's not you're not self conscious about it. When you're looking at your badness, you're very self conscious about it, and so it is more difficult. Um, but well done. That sounds beautiful.
2: Yeah, kind of along those lines, um, I had a, a really good friend of mine that just recently lost his wife suddenly, like totally unexpected,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he called me the day after, and this guy has hundreds of friends, just an extrovert of all extroverts, and everyone wants to be around this guy, and he said, I, I called a couple of my family members, and I called you uh, because I knew that I could share my heart with you. I knew that I knew that we could talk. Um, and and the, the feeling that that gave me to know that he trusted me with his heart in one of the darkest moments of his life. Uh, I paused for a second, actually embraced that and said, and I, I think I have value in helping people journey through their stuff. I, I have value helping people steward their hearts. And so, I think that's a light that, that I can bring to people.
0: Wow.
4: That's beautiful. Steve, thank you for sharing that. I think that's for me as a chaplain, I think that's just sitting and being quiet and listening to people. Um, And you know, don't just do something, stand there. And that to me is is, um, where I feel like I can be a light to the world by kind of not doing anything. Mm.
3: This question's hard. (laughs) I feel like I have a lot of space to grow um, as a one because I hear all those qualifiers before I answer a question like this. Like, oh, you should say, let's preface this with my flaws or my hangups. And, but here's the thing that people say I'm good at, you know, Uh, so I'm a little stumped, but I think that what I hope that I share and what I've been told I share, um, is that I notice people and I notice people that don't always feel noticed. And so that's kind of been something I've, I've been told in many contexts and, you know, whether I'm, you know, noticing a child, whether it's when I'm nannying or just one that I meet, that I notice someone that isn't otherwise noticed. Or it's because I was an actress who didn't have a lot of success when I was a child and I got a lot of rejection. So then when I started getting the roles... I just had an extra appreciation to notice the people that either didn't get cast or got a very small role. And I've been told like, Hey, thank you for spending time with our daughter when you were Ariel and she was a tentacle. Like, thank you for that. And so that has been encouraging. I think uh, since COVID and since not having a big chunk of my career and it's just taken away Um, which is a big way that I show light is by being on stage and connecting with people and sharing stories and interacting with people in that context. I've lacked a lot of that purpose. And so a lot of the inner critic and the negative side has just really had a field day the last two years, because one of the biggest ways I share light is through storytelling is through singing is through connecting with audiences and people after shows And so that's been something that I've been missing and I've been like aching to share joy and share stories and make people feel noticed, whether it's eye contact, because I'm on the bandstand and I can like look at some elderly man when I'm singing a song, you know, that he might know. Um, And so that's been something that I've been like, I need that. And I think that's why I know that's the light I share. And that's kind of the context I do it really well in.
0: Mm, Good. Mm-hmm. Good. It is. Thank you. You, you. you did really well. I mean, all of you, it, this is hard. And so, but to keep going to that is so important because it helps you to aim at the thing you want to be versus trying to not be something. So, thank you. Uh, last question for each of you is how can those who know you, love you, um, help you? In this process of moving from your driven to your drawn self, there'll be people out there asking that question. Like, I know a one; it's they're in my life. I would love to be able to. So we want to we want to give them some answers.
2: That is really tough. Um, <laughs> really tough.
0: Leave me alone. Is that the answer? No. Um, <laughs> So what about grace? One of you had mentioned that like someone showing me grace was really helpful to me. I had a
2: friend say to me one time um, after I was uh, talking about how I failed at something, he just looked me in the eyes and says, Steve, I think you're harder on yourself than anyone I've ever met. And he didn't say it in a a critical way, he said in a compassionate way to like what you're seeing in you, no one no one else is noticing. They're not, they're not seeing those flaws, you know, and it's kind of, if I'm holding myself to a standard that nobody else is holding me to, uh, to have someone come into my life like that and say, it's okay, you're just fine. I think for a one to hear that they're good, that they're good enough. Um, and then to invite them, give them that permission to have fun. I, I think mm-hmm. as, I think it's huge. Just, just to feel that and and, and to embrace the freedom of just having fun Mm -hmm. and and letting go of responsibility. And that's okay. It's okay. Mm
0: -hmm. Awesome.
1: I I think for me that the um, sort of the grace of it's okay to screw up. Everybody makes mistakes, Carrie. Good grief. You're never going to do everything right every single time. And I'm even getting it better like that. When I would knock something over, you're grinding coffee and you knock it in the counter and go, whoops, well, I would have at one point going, oh my gosh. So just having those people in your life that see you and how hard, like Steve says, I totally relate to that, that you are so hard on yourself that to learn, to encourage you to be gentle and you don't have to do it all and you don't have to finish it all and you don't have to order it all and you don't have to save everybody. You're okay. You do your work, we'll do ours and let us come alongside and help you. You know, so to not be so hard on myself in a a loving way, Mm -hmm. encourage me.
3: I think I agree with both of you. Um, I think another way that I have found to be helpful um, is someone lovingly imposing balance on me um, because I can be told you're good enough you know, give yourself grace. I'm told that all the time and I need to hear it. Um, but sometimes I need that. I'm imposing on you. I'm going to stop what you're doing and, and I'm going to essentially force you to pay attention to something else, do something else, interrupt this hamster wheel that you're on and, um, That recently happened. I was preparing for something that I had on my plate and I was going to take the train in the morning to go and do this thing. And I was like, I had prepped for for two weeks for it, but still the night before I didn't want to rest. I didn't want to take balance. And my fiance was like, Hey, um, I'm driving down to New York and we're going to have dinner and you can go to bed as early as you want. But I think that this could be really great for you to have a little balance and not stress about it because you've prepped. And at first I was like, no, 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 don't come turn around, turn the car around. But ultimately it was so good. And I could breathe easy. And I realized that I had done the work and I could just rest and I could enjoy. And that was a, a real gift.
4: Yeah. I, I echo all of your just, I think for me, just like you, um, Amber, just having someone hold me accountable to um, not doing more than I need to do. Mm-hmm. And so today a coworker said, hey, it's uh, four o'clock. I thought you said you're going to leave at four o'clock. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I said that, didn't I? And he goes, "Yep. goodbye. And then <laughs> I left. So he was he was very kind about it. But it was also just um, I need that external reminder. Um, to just, uh, slow down.
0: Mm. Mm. Wonderful. Well, thank you to each of you. This has been fantastic. Uh, what you have contributed is, uh, nothing short of, uh, amazing. Thank you for your vulnerability, your openness, but also for the deep wisdom, um, that you've provided here. And, uh, and so with that, my friends, uh, we, are going to conclude our time together. And my hope is that I get to somehow interact with you uh,
5: lovely people again at some point. And uh, because this has been a special treat for me. Thank you so much for listening. You can find out more about us at www.theartofgrowth.org. That's the place to learn more about our comprehensive training and coaching programs for organizations around team health. And you can also reach out to us there about individual coaching as well. And there are many tools on the Art of Growth website to help you on your journey. We'd also encourage you to check out the main Art of Growth podcast. Grace and growth, my friends.